Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. What up, high fivers? This is your boy, High Five Tom. And, uh, you know, oh, sorry, cats. I just chopped a water bottle on my cat. Sorry, Chico. Um, I'm sure shit, not by myself. Um, per the usual, I've got my good friend here, Mr. Uh, Too Slow, Will. Will, how are you this evening? I'm, I'm glad we're all socially distancing this time. Um, glad you all can make Except for Tom's in space, you know. Well, yeah, I'm out there. But uh, not only is Will joining us, we've got Mr. Eric Freeze also. Uh, a little sneak preview from last week. Eric, how are you tonight? I'm good, man. Thank you again for having me. Always a Always a pleasure chatting with you, boys. Yeah, and our, our good friend, our uh, the author of our weekly um, Question of Dishonor, making his first debut, Mr. Brunden. Brunden, the man, the myth, the researcher of the Shining Wizards podcast. It's all so much more. Brunden, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks, for thanks you guys, for uh, having me on. Of course. Glad to yeah. be here. Yeah, so in a little sneak preview, this is, won't be the only time. So uh, stay tuned uh, to the feed for Visionaries Global Media uh, in the future. That's all I'm going to say at this time. But, uh, Brandon, you got a question to dishonor for. And we don't have any research, so you're just throwing this, you know, I have no idea what we're going to do. So what do you got for us? So I figured this was going to be too much to kind of just type out and, like, get everybody's, <laughs> you know, answers and everything. So even though Ring of Honor is about pure wrestling and, you know, matches and shaking hands i figure i'd uh ask everybody what their thoughts on deathmatch wrestling is you know there hasn't been a lot in ring of honor over the years but when they did do it you know they did uh, amazing jobs at it and it's you know it's not everybody's cup of tea but when done right it's to me it's just as good as uh you know a pure match or you know catch as kiss can or whatnot so, you know, they, they've done, I'm trying to think, Necro and uh, BJ Whitmer and Barb Wire Match, Carino really? and Homicide. So they've done a few. But... And, and they've definitely done, obviously, you know, Fights Without Honor and a shitload yeah. of, I mean, those aren't necessarily death matches, but um, I don't know. Uh, Eric, as you are the guest, do you want to go first? Uh, personally, on um, death matches, I love them. I love watching, uh, I mean, it's not necessarily ROH, but I love watching, um, like, CZW. Those ones were always, uh, like, that seemed to be their forte, and now GCW's forte is literally the death match. And it's it's like Brendan said, when when, uh, you're... When you're like, you can still tell a story in those matches. It's not. It's not just ridiculous spots where everybody juices and gets hit with light bulbs. Like sometimes there's a compelling story element to it. And um, I mean, I wouldn't really call it a. I mean, they called it a dog collar match, but one that I think of is CM Punk versus versus Raven in the early two thousands. Like that to me, just just everything they were doing. It wasn't just about the dog collar. It was about like the pure violence and hatred, which is what what a death match should be. And and it told the perfect story of like this year long feud culminating in just this vicious vicious match. 
Um, so I think I, I love I love death matches. I think they're great. Yeah. Well. Oh, sorry, Brian. Yeah. Oh, I was front row for that match. Actually, that was in Elizabeth, New Jersey, and it was uh, it was very violent. Now, uh, Brendan, would yeah. you consider um, Necro versus Joe a death match? Uh, no. I when I think of death matches, I think of you know barbed wire and glass and staple guns. Yeah, skewers, you know, stuff like that. I I think that was just you know a no holds barred knockdown drag out fight. Fight. Yeah. yeah. You mean you mean um. A guy taking a power slam on his forehead somehow is not considered uh, a death match. Uh, you don't have to be in a death match <laughs> to die, I guess. Yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Will, how about you? I don't think it's something I could ever <clears throat> commit to doing. Yeah. I think with enough training, I wouldn't mind doing a wrestling match. I wouldn't. I wouldn't really, oh, you know, I wouldn't mind having someone like, I take a hit shot from a chair, go through a table, stuff like that. But there's, there's a level of trust and comfort that you have to have, not just with yourself. Yeah. But to have for another person. And they so hopped up on adrenaline, and like, they're, they're getting cut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. I mean, and sometimes it's visually astounding, like, um... So like five the year four hood like the big salt shakers and they're like they are breaking up on us. <gasps> so for sure. Oh. Can you all hear me now? Yes. Ah, way better. There we go. Way better. Yeah, way better. Yes. Way better. This song. Like, her stuff from like hood matches, they're all cut, fucking cut up, and they grab like the big salt shakers, and they're just like legit salt into it. And it's like, man, man. <laughs> like, I've, I haven't, I'm severely underexposed to it. So, I mean, my only real exposure to it is pretty much what I've seen. And glean from gifts on Twitter. Um, my my buddy Joe, screen name Pure Evil, uh, went to uh, some death like I think it was Terminal Death CZW did this nice. year. Uh, he had more fun than he thought he was going to have, but uh, I can't I can't say it's my cup of tea. But I also haven't uh, haven't tried it that much. Mad so, respect to the people that do it, though. Like the Jun Kasai and guys like that. It's like actually, crazy. Actually, exploding barbed wire matches. So, so yeah, instead of like AEW bar. Um, but Eric, have you ever been to a death match in person? Never. I, I honestly, um, I used to go to wrestling shows for the E. Uh, and so, as you know, the E the E doesn't do any anything extreme. Um, and then uh, last year, I went to a um, indie wrestling match where it was RVD versus like some local guy, and they just beat the 
tar out of each other. And uh, they had like table spots and stuff, but I wouldn't necessarily call it a death match. Like the other guy loves to bl- loves to blade, but like he wasn't necessarily. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call it a death match, but like his spots are like just insane. Like like he's known like he's known to take these ridiculous bumps where where he climbs to the top of the, um, uh, stadium or or hockey arena and jump off like rafters onto like seven guys through and like he he took a uh, five star splash through a table which was pretty crazy but i mean i don't know if that's a death match necessarily so what's his yeah. name uh channing decker oh i've heard it i've heard of him through uh when mikey Whipwreck used to do and jerry lynn used to do their uh podcast they yeah had a lot of good things to yeah. say about him yeah, he's great. He 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 was on um, Impact like before the bell or something like that. And um, he he and Josh Josh Alexander runs a couple of promotions up here in Ontario. So he he wrestles for uh, it's called Greek Town Wrestling. So yeah, yeah, he he runs a couple of those. Um, are you guys hearing distortion or is it just me? A lot of echo. Um, well, I will go on. So this this may surprise you, uh, especially considering Brendan. Obviously, you know, but uh, you know, my home promotion here in Milwaukee is pretty much a deathmatch promotion. Um, I definitely have a new respect for it. Um, like I said, uh, so I'm echoing too. I wonder if it's the Zoom. Am I echoing? Yeah, a little. Huh. Okay. Well, we're just gonna have to deal with it. So I mean, I guess the Zoom's freaking out on us. So. Um, everyone's got to hear us twice. Um, yeah, like I mean, I have a whole new appreciation for it, especially seeing it live. Um, you know, I've seen some pretty crazy shit. You know, I've been to three insane eights. I've seen blood baths in Lapika Lounge, a spot like that holds like fifty people. Um, if it's done right, you can tell a great story with it. Um, and you talk to these guys afterwards, just have got a great new appreciation for it. So. Um, yeah, I got no problem with death matching. Listen, in in spurts, like I said, my first GCW show, it was all death matches, and that really kind of got annoying at the end. But when you have like two or three, it's like okay, yeah. But then you got the insane eight, and then there there's seven death matches. But that's outside now, so I don't know. I'm I'm a fan. So. They have a tournament of survival usually in Atlantic City. I've gone to three of those. I want to say. And it's it's something else, that's for sure. Yeah, listen, I mean, to see it live, I mean, that whole risk and, and danger factor really kind of escalates, so. Yeah. Yeah, when glass is falling at your feet, it's, uh, you get a new appreciation of it. Yeah, you go, yeah, you get home and you shake all, all the light tube dust out of your hair and, you know, you got... Well, I don't have to shake anything out of my hair. (laughs) Um, I got to shake it out of my visor, so you're pulling thumbtacks out of your shoe. Yeah. Can can I ask a stupid question? Yeah. Um, Uh, Stupid questions, uh, only stupid answers. Yeah, exactly. So if you're watching, um, you mentioned that you watch seven death matches in a row. Does it get bland after a while? Like, it just seems like the same match over and over again, like watching it seven in a row? Not if it's done right. And like I said, uh, kudos to Dysfunction, because he, he brings in, I mean, top of the top. I mean, he brings in professionals. 
obviously Schlack, uh, Neil Diamond Cutter, John Wayne Murdoch, um, Orrin Veit is a two-time champ. My boy Eric Dillinger won last year. Mickey Knuckles. Um, so these guys are so good at telling a story. Um, you know, I've said this a bunch on a podcast, but telling a story through violence. Um, it just super escalated. Something like that, no. But let's say when I went to GCW, this is 2019. So it was just before they kind of evolved to where they're at now. It was just all straight, and it was just like, okay, um, you know, no offense to Marcus Crane, you know, uh, rest in peace. But, I mean, how times can I see Marcus Crane thrown through a, a pint, pane of glass? You know, so. Yeah, the tournaments I went to, I mean, I had Alex Cologne, who was, like, yeah. easily the top U.S. guy. Uh, they would bring in Drew Parker, Matt Tremont, you know, Atticus uh, Coger, who I think uh, – I can't understand why he's not – bigger any place but these guys like you said they tell stories and every match is different and like it it's it also helps when you have different steps too so you know yeah. one match is you know all about barbed wire it's not just you know hack and slash for seven eight matches yeah and uh not to put myself over but uh you know it's my podcast i'll do as fuck i want but uh next <laughs> up, um ref jerry from icw um so i'm not sure if you're aware of him brendan or not but he's one of the main constructors of all the death matches in icw but he does all my icw preview shows for the midwestern wrestling roundup but i'm actually gonna have him on for like a full form interview and uh just kind of picking his brain because he's, he's a fucking whack job I mean, he's the one that kind of designs all the weapons. Um, you know, he collects. Yeah, he had. God, I think he put everyone's name like in bottle caps on doors one year and shit like that. Wow, that's so, insane. Yeah, he's he's super meticulous. And like I said, when we go to ICW too, especially at Lapeka, I mean, it's a small fucking bar, so you're right fucking there. Like, I mean, my feet are sitting on the ring, so that adding that kind of heightened, you know, danger. I'm for it. So. I've never seen something like death matches that close. Like the ones I've been to, I've been to uh, the GCW ones, but they're at the showboat, which is, you know, a huge ballroom and everything. And then the only other ones I went to was uh, the first time CZW brought in Onita. I, you know, I had to go to that. So it was him and Tremont and exploding barbed wire that, didn't really explode, but no. it was in a uh, it was in like a big sports place that they used to run. But yeah. just seeing him and being like being a part of his entrance when he comes out the wild thing that was that's easily one of the greatest things in wrestling I've ever been a part of. Because you sent me that clip, right? A while back, uh, probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because when GCW was in Milwaukee last pet or last past fall, um, yeah, it was at Lapika, so it was definitely you know GCW production that was kind of interesting, but yeah, yeah, there's a fire spot with dysfunction in Dillinger too, and they didn't get the fire out right away, and the ring started on fire, so it's like I'm getting great white vibes here right now, so geez, that's crazy. Um, if you guys were wrestlers, would you come out to scissor fight? Well, right, right now, right, right now, uh, my my go-to would be something from a band from Mass called Leather Lung. Um, either their song, uh, their song "Barbed Wire" feels like a wrestling song, 
and then their son's miscreant and dirty dog also have big kind of wrestling vibes. But I mean, obviously, scissor fight. You know, I mean, great songs I could use for an intro. Some of them are a little too slow. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, if you're looking to party, I mean, why not? Nope. Okay. Yeah, you're lagging on us, Will. What? You're lagging on Yeah, you're, you're lagging on us. Oh, no. Oh. Might be the internet, maybe. Oh, yeah, possibly. possible. Yeah. Uh, what about you, uh, Tom? Would you come out to Scissor Fight, or would you come to something else? I don't. I mean, I don't know much about Scissor Fight. Um, but I mean, it's tough to. I mean, I'd come out with a Scissor Fight T-shirt for sure. Nice. I don't know. Listen, I've always kind of wondered: Do I go something super fucking heavy? I mean, it'd be tough not to come out to Rain of Blood. I mean, as long as you got the lights to, I mean, I've always had the fantasy of coming out to Rain of Blood and like the lights come out with the. In and everyone's slashing, and you know, I don't already come out super fucking mellow like fucking simple man, like Mance Warner does. Nice, you know, or Effie coming out the fucking uh Elton John. So, yeah, I love that. I was uh, I love that song and singing along to it. Yeah, every yeah, every time I see Effie, I got fucking yellow brick rose stuck in my fucking head for yep. goddamn fucking weeks. Yep. So, <laughs> I saw him and Ace Romero once fight each other and ace comes out to uh some other catchy song that uh i can't remember at this oh, point um, i just saw him wrestle well it's not, my wife's ringtone for me ironically no shit yeah, <laughs> yeah. she never wants to pick up the phone when i call well she says that's the reason but you know <laughs> i said like their ace and uh effie was going to be the battle of uh which song is going to be stuck in my head for the next week God damn it! What song? Yeah, I mean, I know a two X. I've seen Ace. It's the song of Tonight or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's like when uh the best season in the world, Fitchin and, and uh Mad or uh Davey Vega used to come out to Savage Garden. You I know. hate them so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now so, you hate you hate Savage Garden, not Besties in the World, right? No, no, no. I no, hate. No, I absolutely no. hate Savage Garden. Okay, good. I was gonna say because I got my Matt. No, Fitch. Besties in the World. I haven't seen much of them, but I know they're legit. Matt Fitch is my guy, even though he just retired for a while. So, um, hey, Will, did we address the fact that David Richards is ducking me again last week? I mean, I'm going. I'm going. I mean, it gets brought up on It's not quite as much as um, if I've seen death to Switchy, but you know, he he's scared. Yeah, he's ducking me. I mean, I'm, I'm heading to St. Louis just to see David Richards, and now he's going to be in. A, oh yeah, I did mention that. So, but I'm going to do a quick unboxing here. I got a package the other day from my very good friend, Mister Will here. Tom, he was in my town last week. David Richards. Wrestling. Motherfucker. <laughs> ah, sweet. As mentioned several times, Will, thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm glad this one actually made it to you and didn't nice. just get sent to me. Yeah, the dead wrestler LG. So um, 
Yeah, like I said, this will slide in right in past the talisman, so I might actually have both these read by the time you're out uh, your birthday in October, Will, so. Well, sweet. Well, um, I'd say I'd read kind of, but can you guys see that? I yeah. love that. Oh, Rick cool. Rude. The first awesome. page I opened is got to be fucking Rick Rude, so. <laughs> um, well, Brugget, so you he, asked, it yeah. all... Sorry. I'm still, I was just to say, um, if uh, Todd does all the drawings as well as the writing, but he also shared on his socials that there's, you can't buy them, but um, this woman made uh, paper dolls inspired by some of the pieces. So she made like a Bam Bam Bigelow and a Luna Vachon paper doll. That's cool. They're very cool. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you, Will. Let's let me keep sending me shirts and shit. I got. I should probably buy you something one of these days. So, oh yeah, there's Luna Vachon. So, although Will, I am coming to see you for the eclipse. So it's gonna be awesome. So, um, so gentlemen, for the main event, um, you know, Brenda, if you want to stick in, and talk some uh, Ring of Honor TV episode seventy three. You're more than welcome. Yeah. What the hell? I didn't. I didn't have a chance to watch it, but I figure um, I can uh, maybe add something to it. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you are pretty much our resident expert. Obviously, Will and I are, are very novice at this. We're kind of learning as we go. Uh, but yeah, Don't worry. The, the longer it goes, the more you guys will turn into the experts compared to me. I don't know. We got we got Kyle K. Sparks too. He's our he's our resident uh, um, expert also. But Will, can you believe this is episode TV seventy three? Fifty nine episodes. seventy three and me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um uh yeah original air date uh february 9th 2013 you guys remember what you guys were doing february 9th 2013 uh yes actually i i was giving a um presentation in radio school about how without beer there's probably no radio industry Interesting. Yeah, it was it was a whole thing. It was I, I was obsessed with craft beer back then. Um, as I like to say, it's not alcoholism if you're doing it in the name of research. So. Well, yeah, I mean, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Brendan, how about you? I was probably uh, suffering from lack of sleep because my son was about seven months old at that I point. I was going to say, yeah, because your kid's about 10, so that's what I kind of figured. So. Yeah, so, you know, I was doing that and working nonstop. Yeah, yeah. It's always fun to reminisce. Will you remember what you were doing February 2013? Floundering through my undergrad. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I just uh, I've been back from the Virgin Islands for about a month, and I was working as a debt collector to get my fucking move back to Idaho. So, um, but we're back. Is it true? Sorry to interrupt. Um, is it true that uh, after you took a trip to the Virgin Islands, they had to change the name just to the islands? I would love to say that's true, um, but uh, you know, besides popular demand, I am not what you call a ladies' man. Uh, that's why I'm still baffled that my wife said yes, um, but she still thinks I'm funny, and it's not just my looks, so that's good. No, they were they were still the Virgin Islands when I left. So, Eric, if you make any more jokes like that, let me know. I have a drum set behind me, 
I can give you a good rim shot. <laughs> well, as long as the rim shot's on the drum set now. Oh. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we are back at the Burns Arena. Um, you know, so they've been in Baltimore, and Will, like we've talked about all year, Baltimore really held Ring of Honor down in 2012. Um, hot crowds. Um, Brandon, do you kind of remember anything from the Baltimore shows back then or anything? Um, from the what? From uh, the all the Baltimore house shows? Uh, not really. I wasn't watching as much at this point. I was mostly keeping up with results and message right. boards and all that. But I know that I know from uh, like Cornette interviews and stuff that they loved running Baltimore. It was so easy to get to. The buildings were cheap, and all the fans always came out and were hot. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, will. Yeah, what would you say probably what they did 30 TV tapings there or 30 episodes probably last year at the Burns Arena probably? There's a lot. Well, I mean, they recorded it like three places, right? So, I mean. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is, is like the crowd was cons- more, it was the most consistent at those Baltimore shows. Yeah, crowd was hot. Listen, unfortunately, like that Grand Rapids show was, uh, Milwaukee was good, not just because I'm biased, but that crowd was pretty hot, but. Um, but we are continuing. It is the final quarterfinal of the top prospect tournament. We get our boy, friend of the Shining Wizards, Matt Taven versus ACH. Um, I'm just going to say. time he comes from Hollywood or whatever, I'm like, son <laughs> of a you're from Derry, New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah, I actually have that in my notes. It takes a little use to get Taven being from California, but he's got the look for it. He's got that surfer dude look. Um, you know, and I will call back to one of Brundin's questions of dishonor. Uh, Matt Taven is one of my predicted breakout stars of 2013, um, along with uh, Silas Young. So, uh, Eric, do you know much about ACH and or Matt Taven? Uh, just what they did after 2013. ACH is how that guy is is not bigger is beyond me like some of the stuff that he does is just if you consider wrestling an art form that guy is is an artist and matt taven is i mean his finishing move is called the climax for for heaven's sake like like if that guy's not a legend i i don't know who is so so yeah and ach is one of the, the people really when i came back to live wrestling was that i really gravitated to um for sure and i said i know he recently retired again um, you know, so hopefully he can find some peace. Hey, smoke us ahead, everybody. I think we're the Yeah. Um, sorry, guys. I'm not sorry. Tom went to outer space. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, once again, Truth Martini is on the call uh, for the top prospect. He's obviously scouting talent for the, the top prospect tournament. But Eric, I know you popped for this, but uh, you know, within 15 seconds, it tells Kevin Kelly, smell my fingers. Um, I, I love Truth Martini. It's getting a little much for me. Um, I, I do love Truth Martini, but um, I mean, later he takes his pants off. That's cool. I mean, I can't pay. I mean, I definitely. I, I was going to say, you know, you say he's going to keep it in his pants, but I mean, he, he's not even saying his pants. He's. He's. Yeah. He's. 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 he's um, I, I love how he opens the show. So, sorry, you're saying well. He's—I was gonna say—he's he's inundated in the hoopla. He's got to, he's got to reel it in. 
Yeah, yeah, he's he's. I, I love how he how he likes to be a menace to uh, Kevin Kelly and uh, whoever the other guy was on the broadcast. But he literally opens the show by saying, "It is me, the Punani Piranha, Truth Martini." Yeah, and exactly. and Kevin Kelly. <laughs> it's like yeah. he he gives off Joel Gertner vibes. I was just thinking that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a that's a good call. Yeah, he's fantastic. He's fantastic. I, I I love how he's like. Um, before I got here, I had a uh, pants off match with with uh, my lady. Um, hey, Kevin Kelly, smell my finger after this. And Kevin yeah. Kelly's like, please, no, no, leave me alone. <laughs> no. So, Will, if you get a chance to ask Kevin Kelly about Truth Martini, I'd love to hear that. Oh, man. I, oh. No pressure. I'm not I'm not stressing about being part of the interview because I think the opportunity to interview anybody is an invaluable experience. But, I mean, sit there and be like, I don't want to sound like an idiot. I don't want to sound like Chris Farley in the SNL sketches. I don't want to, and I also don't want to step on any toes either. Like, I don't want to derail the conversation. I don't want to pull a, you know, I'm hoping I don't pull a Kevin Green interview. I'm like, oh, you get, you ask? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was oh. classic. Uh, so, it's I mean, still one of my favorites. <laughs> I mean, after ask Matt, after Matt asked him if he shits his pants, I mean, everything should be golden after the bad, so. <laughs> can't believe they asked. I can't believe they asked. What's your name? Valentine. See, I want my my instinct was to say Valentine, but for some reason that didn't sound right. Like when I was putting it together in my head, but yeah, she's like, "Oh, what's the question?" It's like, "Don't ask it. Don't ask it. Don't ask it." <laughs> but you know what? To Matt's credit, he he's consistent, and he rolled it over too. If you guys watched the video, I was watching live, but yeah, if you watched the video, he was mulling it over too. It was great. So. Um, I told them they should have doubled down and asked her if she ever had hemorrhoids. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, I was like, man, the hemorrhoid talk, I'm like, we're stepping it up here. But uh, anyways, (laughs) um, great match. Um, I I, really enjoyed both guys uh, showed out. Um, Eric's boy, Truth Martini, said uh, that ACH and uh, Tadarius Thomas are brothers, uh, but not brothers, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. (laughs) Kevin Kelly's like, uh, it's like almost stuck to there. Got a let's reel us in here a little bit. Um, but I mean, at the end of the commentary, was putting over both guys. I was pretty impressed, uh, especially. Um, I don't know, I will get to it at the, at the end of the match, but um, you know, they were really putting uh, those guys, both of those guys over in commentary, but uh, end of the match. Uh, Matt Taven did hit a really, really awesome, sweet uh, frog spot for the win. I mean, uh, Matt Taven guy, was anyone else a little surprised that he went over ACH? I mean, I'm not sure how big not ACH here, no. is at this time, but... I don't think he had much not of a here, buzz no. at that time, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was... I, th- I think the only thing that shocked me was how quickly that match ended because it seemed like they were getting out of first gear and then all of a sudden he hits the frog splash and it's over. And you're like, really? That's the finish? It, I, I felt this match felt short as well. I'm not surprised Matt David went over because he, I'm not saying they kind of 
tip their hand as to who was going to win in these opening rounds, but it's the people that you've seen before. Yeah, like they put over at they put over Taven's match with Mike Mondo from last year. Um, so I mean, you look at the other two. We had Tedarius Thomas, and you know, like we're we're seeing at least in that initial round, it's like the people who are advancing are the people that we've seen before, yeah. the people that they've brought in a couple times before, and I think ACH is wildly entertaining. Um. You know, stuff like the Air Jordan and stuff like that is great. His PWG stuff is great. But this might be the first time we're seeing him in Ring of Honor, especially on TV. I think we saw him once, like, late last fall, I think. I want to say, I'll have to check my notes, but. But, yeah. Well, yeah, it, not, it was not, a much. Cool match. not much. Cool match. Kind of felt like it could have been a little longer. Yeah. Truth Martini. And uh, I don't know. Yeah. If if Truth Martini's grading on me just because it's the same, it's like the same gag every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. he's not like a he's not like a Steve Carino where he like he's kind of pulled out of the match with all the stuff he's saying. But it's just kind of like, all right, I know he's going to be there because he's sitting in all these top prospect tournament matches, but it's like. Oh, I'm taking my pants off. Oh, Kevin Kelly's on my finger. It's like, okay, heard this last three weeks. Like, I'm good. Yeah, and then he calls ACH a crackhead at the end of it. I was like. Yeah, yeah, yeah he took it a little too far with that. With that. Um, um, but real quick before we dive into Eric's question, they asked us um, earlier last week. But so who do you guys got? Listen, we've got uh, QT, God's Gift versus Tadarius Thomas. And then uh, – Silas first Haven, who you guys got winning this whole tournament? I'm using spoiler or some foresight, and I want to guess Matt Taven. <laughs> I would guess that too. Just, yeah. just knowing about where we are and what was going on when I first started watching Ring of Honor, I'm gonna say it's Matt Taven. So this to be Matt Taven versus Adam Cole for the TV title at the anniversary, huh? I know I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but um, I don't know. I'm kind of curious because they seem really high on Tadarius. And if nothing else, if Tadarius Thomas does not join the House of Truth, that's obviously his biggest downfall is his promos or lack thereof. I mean, they're Eddie Edwards level bad. Um, I think him and the House of Truth would be a good pick. So, um, But Eric, actually real quick, so speaking of uh, slow matches, so you asked this last week, uh, um if Ring of, when Ring of Honor TV comes back, would you prefer two or four uh, matches in an episode? Um, what would you prefer? Uh, I would prefer... I, I personally would be totally fine if they did two matches. Two matches uh, and, like, some promo, and then, and then, like, first match goes 15 minutes, promo, commercials, second match goes, like, 25 30 minutes like you don't need to have four matches on in a one hour show it feels too clustered in my opinion because uh um if we look at this prospects tournament match i i realize that it's a prospects tournament so they're not doing the longest matches per se but i mean i felt like like ach versus taven should have gone 15 minutes not not five and change you know 
Yeah. And, and like I could have done without the Cole versus Hardy um, promo. But yeah. Um, Will, how about you? I, I, so, I mean, I'm partial to the two match setup because that's pretty much what we got in Pandemic Ring of Honor. However, there is going to be some episodes of TV. We're not going to get to them for a while. But kind of in the time period when they were starting to get on, like, Nessun and stuff like that, mm-hmm. where they're not quite getting through the stories efficiently enough to pick up those new viewers because you're only getting, like, two matches at a time. And then they're calling back to stuff that happened, like, three or four weeks ago, which for us isn't that big of a deal when you're trying to get new viewers in. And it's like, oh, this guy was in a match like a month ago, but I haven't heard anything about him since then. I think if you, it, as long as it's not like crammed in, like if, if you're just cramming four matches and you're cutting off too much time off of it, whatever. But you know, if you, you got a couple good matches and you got pepper in some other stuff, then it's got to be whatever best serves the stories that you're trying to tell. Yeah. Brendan, how about you? Um, I would say the I would go with the format of three matches, but the match in the middle be more of a squash. So you know you have somebody that you're trying to really push, like if they're not doing this day uh, the tournament, but they're trying to push, let's say Taven, have them get out there, have them squash a guy in two minutes, two and a half. You know, have the first match go ten to twelve, the last match maybe fifteen. 18 minutes kind of have that like I guess you would call a squash sandwich yeah. of uh of a TV and then pepper and some uh some interviews. Yeah, well, um, you know, like uh Will and I have been very vocal proponents for not too excited about Tony Khan's Ring of Honor, but you know, maybe we'll be wrong. You know, I don't mean to speak for you, Will, but hashtag not our ring of honor, so um, but real quick, after that match, we did uh, another awkward promo. Um, the Chicago Ridge Anniversary Show uh, coming up and a house show. But uh, Roddy and Elgin, you know, and uh, Roddy being a creep on Veda Scott, you know, smelling her hair. And, uh, Can you, know, you blame him? I mean, no, no. Um, you know, and I know she was married to Speedball at the time. But... Oh, Can't hear you. oh, Will, you're breaking up on us. Oh, oh, boy. It's, I'm sorry. My, my poor weak Wi Fi. Okay. What are you saying about this, Scott? It's probably not, it's probably one of the most, I was, I was saying it's probably not the most egregious thing that we've seen happen to Veda Scott. No. In the time we've been podcast. I mean, true, true, Martini bring up young getting pants off. Yeah. Maybe, oh. maybe he's just got to switch to shorts. He seems to be all about your pants off. Maybe he's got to get some, uh, some champion basketball shorts and he can start wearing those instead. I mean, that's he has idea, those so. pants that have zippers on them. Unzip them. Take off the pants that way. Yeah. All right. Dark pants. Got to ditch the jingles. Yeah. Well, um... I don't mean to speak for the group here, but uh, this is the next segment. Probably not the highlight of the FTV episode. 
um, Nigel and uh, you know Adam Cole, and then they bring out Matt Hardy, and uh, so basically Nigel comes out and Matt Hardy, you know, he's telling him he's got to win a proven ground match, you know, um, the Matt Hardy's like I won clean in the ring, uh, but Cole, I mean, he's not quite at the Bay Bay level, um, but he is starting to show a little bit of fire. You know, before most of 2012, most of his promos were the aw shucks on the good guy promo, but a little fire here. Um, and it calls out Matt Hardy, like I said, he's not a leader in the locker room and all that good stuff. Um, you know, and uh, but basically, and Nigel just sticks to his gun, but Adam Cole's like, I don't care, let's fight, and I will do it for the title. So, um, the really the, the million dollar question here is, um, Matt Hardy, does he have heat or does he have X Pac camp? Um, yeah, whoever wants to chime in. Sure. Um, I think it's X-Pac heat, personally. Like, I don't think they were... The crowd didn't seem into him at all. The, um, like, the, I, I don't think Nigel helped with, with that angle either, because if, if you notice first, he's like, um, I, I make the matches, and this is... You have to do a proven ground match. Then Matt Hardy's like, "Well, no, I don't. I'm Matt Hardy. I'm from the WWE, and I win all the titles." And Adam Cole's like, "No, no, no. I'll fight you. I'll fight you." And um, McGinnis steps in, and he's like, "Actually, when you signed your contract, that meant that I was the matchmaker, not you. And so this isn't going to be for a title." And I'm just like, "Really, man? Like, come on." Um, the other, the other thing too is, is, is they're saying on commentary that he. So he being McGinnis was like, I hate Matt Hardy, so I'm giving BJ Whitmer the title shot. But then they decided that they were going to fight Cole versus Hardy. And I was like, why didn't BJ Whitmer come out and like make it a three-way or something like that? That was my thing. Um, but I, I thought Matt Hardy did nothing for himself in that promo. Like, I think, I think 2013 was not the year of Matt Hardy at that point. No. And, uh, Brendan, so you were at that uh, Raven um... – CM Punk match. That was also the event that Jeff Hardy was at for Ring of Honor. Oh, right? it sure was. And he didn't have, X, even though Matt Hardy wasn't there, he didn't have X-Pac in that one because they were uh, chanting for him before Jeff even came out. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. There were We Want Matt chants and Jeff didn't do himself any favors by uh, jumping up and slipping on the ropes instantly. And that match just sucked. It's That's funny because you think like, you know, they, they set a record. I think it was like eight, nine hundred people. It was the biggest Ring of Honor show. And you think like people were going for Hardy and nope. <laughs> they really like, they really hated him. Well, I mean, if they're paying money to boom, I guess they're paying money. But uh, <laughs> yeah, th this Matt Hardy thing, I mean, I'm not going to dwell on it too much. It is what it is. Um, I'm not a fan, you know. You know, hopefully Adam Cole beats and goes on, you know. So, obviously, they're using this to put in. Obviously, they have a lot of stock in Adam Cole. I'm not trying to foretell the future here. Obviously, we all know what happens in September, um, you know. Uh, but, Will, uh, it's your favorite time of the week. We've got Inside Ring of Honor. And it was a pretty lengthy one. Um, kind of breaking down uh, the top prospect tournament. Um, you know, in truth, Martini's back. He's in full effect. Uh, Truth Martini does love Tadarius Thomas uh, with all of his um, crazy moves. We also love Tadarius Thomas. Uh, Silas, my boy. My he, uh, he predicted Thomas would win. 
Yeah, how many times does he have to bring up the whole I predicted Thomas is going to win thing? Uh, I'm glad you got to hear me try. I was, I was trying to chime in a little bit for the last segment. Nigel's oh. not looking great at this point. He came in, and it's like, okay, we got Nigel, and this is going to be the, the boss on screen, basically. But now he's got, I mean, Jay Lethal's kind of pushing him around. Adam Cole and Matt Hardy are kind of pushing around. Like, Nigel is not looking like an authoritative figure right now. Yeah. Which which is weird because he's um, really good on the stick. Oh, sorry. Oh, we lost you. Oh. Mm-mm. Yeah, Will, you got like a big leg. Can you hear me? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna abandon the video again. That always helps somehow. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Okay. Um well shit. All right. Will, anything you want to say anything more you want to say about uh, Nigel? I mean I'm, I'm with you. He's not looking good here, which is very odd. Yeah, and, and like the when you signed your contract, you just signed the contract to be matchmaker. It's like, well, technically, Nigel, your contract wasn't initially for matchmaker either. You were on commentary. Yeah, and very good at it. Um, I mean, like the the bits between him and Matt Hardy were fine. You know, Matt Hardy, you know, saying stuff like, "You never even would have had a career like I had." But, like, Nigel just seems like such a bitch right now. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. Like, he, he seems too soft. Although, I I got the sense from that little promo between the three that, like, I didn't give a crap about, about Cole fighting Hardy, but I wanted to see Nigel versus Hardy, if anything. So. Nigel's like I, I'm not super familiar with Nigel as the wrestler. I only know Nigel as like a commentator, on-screen presenter, whatever have you. He he doesn't have. There's not an edge to him, right? That would make people take him seriously right now. He seems like, well, now, 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 now. It's like Nigel. If you're not going to do something, get out of the way. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah, um, just... sorry, sorry to sorry to drag stuff back. I just <laughs> no, I was, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, technology. Um. Yeah, which is weird because I mean, Nigel was a fuck. Obviously, he was a fucking beast in the goddamn ring. Um. You know, we'll address that more in a couple of weeks. But yeah, it's really kind of falling flat. I'm really kind of disappointed. So I guess maybe, you know, hopefully this is leading to a heel turn. I guess we'll see. But um. Yeah. Anyone else got anything else on Nigel McGinnis? Yeah, his uh, I mean his last the however long he was champ, I remember his months. last couple of months he was more of uh I don't want to say like uh the pussy type heel, but uh he definitely won by uh some nefarious uh factors at times, so maybe that kind of plays into it. Yeah. Not to say I didn't see him uh completely kick ass numerous times, but 
Yeah, I mean, you're you're champ eighteen months. I mean, that's uh, that's nothing to shake a stick at. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Will's favorite time I say it's uh Ring of Honor. Uh, I'm saying Ring of Honor. Um, you know, Tadarius Thomas got crazy moves. Um, and then Silas, uh, Truth likes him because he's silent, and dangerous, and then he farts. So now we're doing fart jokes. Um, obviously QT Marshall is God's gift. Uh, but his management's all wrong. So maybe, you know, Truth's going to steal him from Marty Evans. Uh, and Matt Taven, I guess, is controversial. Um, but he's missing that little something. And, uh, you know, at the end of it, he takes his pants off. And, um, yeah. So, but after that, uh, the main event of uh, the event in uh, Cincinnati that Will and I will be covering here in two weeks. Uh, it is the Ring of Honor All-Stars of Adam Cole, Michael Elgin, and David Richards uh, versus Scum in a six-man elimination match. So I'm assuming that if you get pinned, you're eliminated from the match, but your team doesn't lose, I'm assuming. So that could be interesting. Um, but yeah, David Richards, I love you. I'm a big fan, but don't be cutting promos. You know, it's if like... If I knew he was here, I would have told him. You're ducking you know, my man, man. Guy, I know. <laughs> I mean, I want and all I want is a high five and a picture. It's all I want. So, um, but yeah, Dave, what's that? Will all I wanted was a Pepsi. Yeah, um, that song actually just popped up on my iPod. Um, ironically enough, um, I just want a high five. I just want a high five <laughs> and a handshake. That's all I wanted, and he wouldn't give it to me. Just a high five. We should make and maybe make that our theme song. Um, but yeah, but Dave Richard says, yeah, we're all stars. Cause I mean, the match I had with this guy, the match I had with this guy, you know, uncle Dave said, we're all, you know, all the stars, um, kind of fell flat, but it is what it is. Um, and we find out that, uh, the Briscoes are wrestling Redragon uh, for the, at the anniversary show for the Tay Tales. Uh, Bobby Fish is all of a sudden a grammar Nazi. He doesn't like the word dem. Um, and Kyle O'Reilly doing the scarf thing. Um, come on, Kyle O'Reilly. I need I need these guys to be the killers they can be. Um, yeah, we find out it's it's uh, Roddy and Elgin in a best two out threes match, and uh, Truth Martinez band and Jay Lethal gets his uh his match with Kevin Steen. And oh yeah, the top prospect turner um, faces Adam Cole for the TV title. I know I went through a lot of shit there, gentlemen. Uh, any additional thoughts, sir? Sorry, guys. I know, Will, uh, inside of Ring of Honor is kind of your spot and everything, so. No, it's, it's tough to get invested in your, your babyface all-star team when they're all pretty much just like, yeah, we don't really like each other that much. but uh, And we're never going to, like, pal it up again, but we're going to, like, beat scum. The yeah, enemy hate- of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, yeah, I hated that line by Cole where he's like, we haven't teamed ever, but and you'd think that would be a disadvantage, but we're all stars, so it'll be fine. And and then two seconds later, Davy's like, Yeah, this will be the first and last time we do this. <laughs> it's like what it's like <laughs> Yeah, it was I mean all I could say it was awkward. Um well not as awkward as our Eddie Edwards commercials. Um I forgot to mention that earlier. So our weekly why the fuck is Eddie Edwards cutting advertisements for you? Well, I'm say. I mean, he, there, there, there must be something there, Tommy. He's one of the top guys in Impact now, so. Yeah. That, that, maybe, maybe, maybe it's just not for us. Uh, 
if it, if if it's for anybody, I'd be impressed. So, um, you know. But then uh, we get our uh, our boys CNC Wrestle Factory and them boys in a hype promo in uh, the locker room. You know, uh, this is a lot of fun. It was just fun seeing Caprice and uh, Cedric kind of bouncing back and forth with Mark and Jay. Um, I, I do have to admit, I was kind of inter. I mean, I get it. I don't want to get all political in here, but the Confederate bandanas they were wearing <laughs> with uh, Caprice and Cedric, I was like, I mean, I get it. You know, I mean, it's it's not what people think it is, but you know, at the same time, um, yeah. So, uh, Eric, Will, do you have any non-offensive uh, comments in regards to that? Or that, that promo in general? I mean, it, it was awesome because they were fucking hyped. Yeah, you see, um, I guess I guess the, the biggest takeaway I had from that was that why couldn't that sort of energy be from your all-stars going against scum in the previous segment? Because it's like the CNC Wrestle Factory plus the Briscoes, they bleed our ROH. Whereas Algin Richards and Cole, you're just like, come on, if you're gonna be the face of the company in 2013, you gotta bleed, you gotta like feel it. And, and it was so vanilla or, or bland um, from them. So I just wish that they had that energy. Also, knowing now what we know about unfortunately with Jay's passing and then um, like Caprice I've known more from his commentary than his wrestling so it felt kind of weird like seeing them together and being pals and all that stuff but so that was kind of I took that kind of hard just yeah. like knowing what's happened and everything but I mean those those four guys like you want them to go against Scub you don't I mean, I mean, for me, I care more about those guys going against Scum than I do about Davey, Mike, uh, Elgin, and uh, Cole. Uh, that was my view on it. So. Yeah. Well, I, I was listening to an interview with someone earlier. It wasn't a wrestling interview, but it's talking about, like, when you're putting together your tape and you're trying to audition for, like, TV and stuff, they want to see people who can function at a 10 and then they can bring down to like a five or a six if they need to. The problem is, is right now Adam Cole, Davey Richards, and Mike Elgin all kind of cap out at like a five. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Briscoes are kind of running at a permanent 11. There's and probably there, a reason there's, that uh, Elgin and uh, Richards both had uh, managers when they came in. Hmm. Yeah, I mean... I, even Adam Cole now, I mean, obviously when Adam Cole turns on the Adam Cole switch and he's Adam Cole, baby, like he's very like big and whatever, but then there's also like street, we'll call it street Adam Cole and street Adam Cole is very much like at a, a three or a four. It's just like, Hey, I'm going to play Halo against Orange Cassidy. <laughs> it's like, cool, man. But so it's like it's most it's like these are supposed to be like your ring of honor all stars and it's just kind of like ah oh, they they don't they don't seem that excited. Yeah, like Briscoes are excited about everything. Caprice yeah, Coleman yeah, will say that. Yeah, absolutely. The th- the thing too is that like when I was watching that promo from the All Stars, I was like, all three of these dudes need to turn heel. <laughs> like they suck as faces. 
if that makes any sense. David Davy Richards is a great wrestler. But he has no character. There is no character behind Davy Richards. Oh, and I mean Elgin. You know, it's it's kind of the start of testing out the water. See how see how Elgin does on his own. Hmm. You know, maybe the strong, silent type, maybe more silent. You know. Yeah, and then heel cool is basically. Adam Cole Bebe like like he I've never seen a guy be so bad well not no there's been plenty of guys actually I was going to say I've never seen a guy be so bad as a face but then be amazing as a heel but there's plenty of guys who like heel is their better character and for him heel is his better character um, so, yeah, he's, sidebar, only, a, he's so, only a couple of years in at this point too I think he's he can't be more than four years in, if that. Yeah, I think. So. Um, yeah, because he's still only like what? He's like what here, Tom? Like 21, 22? Who are we talking about? Adam Cole. Adam baby. Cole, baby. Uh yeah, actually, because I think he just turned thirty-two last December. I think so. Yeah. God damn. Yeah, he is fucking young. Jesus. Um, real quick, Brendan. Actually, so you're a shit ton smarter than I am uh, about almost everything. But what happened to Caprice where he, he got hurt? Was he with Ring of Honor at that time? Because they always talk about you know Caprice got hurt and then you know he almost gave up wrestling. Giving, do you know what happened? I have no idea, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. You know, one of these days I'll actually get on the Google machine and check that out. But I mean, I will. I know I said it like 15 times, but um, yeah. Sorry, I had to. I just nature was calling there, guys. Sorry. No worries. It's, it, it's um, knowing that your background is is of uh, outer space. It's funny watching you walk back to your chair because it looks like you're walking <laughs> on the world, <laughs> like legend. <laughs> yeah, and it, it only happens like on like our Zoom calls. Like whenever I have other ones, it's not like that. I'm like, I gotta figure out how to do that. So, um, yeah. Did you guys have any more uh, thoughts on uh, this whole match or tearing down Elgin? At least at, at Michael Elgin didn't say anything, which is good. So that saved the promo a little bit. But um, and listen, don't get me wrong, all three phenomenal in the ring. Obviously, I'm a humongous Davy Richards fan, um, and obviously we're going to preface this like we always do. We're Michael Elgin fans in the ring, um, but it was bad. But you know, it wasn't bad, gentlemen. This next Women of Honor match, um, Brendan. Listen, I know you didn't see the episode, but. Uh, we got to see Athena's Ring of Honor debut. That's crazy. Um, versus Mischief. And I did not realize Mischief made her debut on the first Supercard of Honor. So she has been there for fucking forever. She, the first time I saw her was actually, I think it was an IWA King of the Death match where she almost killed Mickey Knuckles in her debut by really? power bombing her neck first on a uh, chair. <laughs> I think that was like 2000, I want to say 2004 or five. Wow. So. Is Mickey Knuckles a man or a woman? Sorry, I'm not woman. familiar. Woman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, be a chance, listen, not to put myself over again, but uh, Mickey Knuckles versus Eric Dillon. Did you watch the Insane Aid, Brendan? I watched some of it. Yeah. I remember seeing her opening match with Dillinger. Oh. Yeah. 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 Um, Is it on the YouTubes, uh, Insane Aid? Don't think so, but I 
I'll double check to see. Um, well, we'll talk off air. It's on. Um, sure. Say. I, I sure. may have a hookup for you. Uh, sure. But yeah, but it's Athena's debut match. Um, and Veda Scott's on the call. I did not realize that Veda Scott was also a worker. I guess she had won Rookie of the Year PW uh, for the PWI in 2012. Um, they did kind of talk how Mischief has been winning all these matches in Ring of Honor. I'm like, I didn't see that. But uh, uh, they really did kind of put over the history here. Uh, the action's hot and heavy. Uh, Mischief just wrestled in Japan. Um, so if anyone is familiar with stardom, uh, check out my boys Brett and JCB over at the Phoenix Splash Podcast. Also heard it in Visionaries Gold Media uh, talking about what started them, but Athena was trained by Skandar Akbar. That's going back. Um, so yeah, the, the you know Veda, all three guys, uh, Caleb Lacroix and Kevin Kelly. Um, oh yeah, Eric and Kisser one and Caleb Seltzer's the other guy, but uh, we call him Caleb Lacroix. Um, but uh, yeah, great match. I mean, once again, a little short, but uh, Athena does hit. I think the they call it here the old face, which I thought was kind of weird, but she did hit the eclipse. But uh, Mischief was too close to the ropes. Uh, but god damn, that fucking obliteration DT Mischief hit on her. I was like, oh, that's a fuck of a move. Uh, yeah, where it looks like a pile driver almost coming off the. Yeah. Or, or, did, or did she hit her with the. Was it with her arm or, with, or did she have her legs on her head and then she. Uh... I think she basically like picked her up with her knees and slammed her face in the mat. Will, did you. <laughs> Did you kind of catch what that move was? I didn't. Um, it was I, again the the, the closing segment again cl- the close of this match felt a little abrupt because I feel like Athena hit her big move and then like oh shit that's going to be it and then it's like oh mischief kicked out or whatever and then I feel like the match was over like right after that going the other way. Yeah, I, um, I apologize. I was not watching closer. No, it's okay. I'm just curious. I mean, if I had the function, the ability to like go 10 seconds back on my honor club, I could have. Re- oh, wait. There's I no mean, you used to be able- Yeah, boy. Sorry. Yeah, but I'm with, I'm with Will too because uh, the thing. It didn't bother me, but, like, the thing that confused me, I guess, is the better phrasing for it, is, like, Athena hits the hits the O spot. Then, instead of just, like, going for the pin, she just lays there for, like, 10 seconds, and they're just, like, laying there collecting their breath. Then she goes to make the pin. And, you're, and um, yes, Mischief was close to the ropes, but at the same time, you're thinking... You both just laid there for 10 seconds, not near each other. Of course, you're going to kick out. Like, there's no way that that's the finish. And then two seconds later, she she goes to hit the eclipse again. Mischief gets up, uh, drops her on her head with that, like, crazy, whatever they call that finishing move, where she basically, like, um, Brendan, I don't know if you watch this too, but, like, basically... Um, Athena is at the top of the rope. She gets ready to go do the eclipse, right? She, uh, they do that spot where, where the person on the, uh, standing in the ring just knocks them down and then like they, they fall down and whatnot. She somehow gets stuck in the second rope. And um, initially, Mischief looks like she's going to give her a suplex, but instead she like climbs up, 
puts her in like a pedigree position without the arms, just like the, yeah. the legs with the head thing. And then she, oh no, my camera went. Um, and then she basically uh, drops her on her head uh, with like, like, it's like an unprotected, um, like it, it's like a no hands pile driver off the second rope. Yeah. Is it like what MJF does maybe or it's it's sort of like the it's sort of like that, except like I think MJF uses his hands a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it's it was it was the weirdest thing in the world because like commentary paused for a second. Like, did that just ha- like like they even looked at each other like did that just happen? And so it was the weirdest thing. But I don't know where my camera went. Yeah, Eric's gone, Will's gone, so um, my cat's sticking her butt in her face. Let me smoke this. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, they, they look, Athena, I thought she had a good, I really thought, I mean, and then, yeah, because she went for that finisher again, and then all of a sudden, like Will said, she just kind of like hit that obliterator, or I think they called it obliteration or whatever, and uh, it was over. So, um, yeah, look good. You know, I wish, you know, we've discussed this before, and maybe we will. Um, you know, Brendan, we talked about, uh, the three of us talked about, you know, maybe finally doing a, a woman of honor tournament, if I could ever figure out how the hell to do that. Um, <laughs> so, or put some time into social media. It's going to happen, you know. March Madness is coming. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Tournament um, brackets everywhere. Yeah. So, um, but then our main event, uh, speaking like Eric was talking about earlier, we do get scum. Uh, it's full scum because it's Steen, um, Rhino. Jacobs and Carino versus Dem Boys versus uh, CNC, in CNC Wrestle Factory, uh, who had wrestled recently for the tag team titles, but now they're 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 uniting for the honor of Ring of Honor. And basically, this match took about six point nine seconds to turn into a full fucking brawl. Um, With the Briscoes, that's, that's hard to believe. Yeah, I know. And Scum, I mean, that was just so yeah. odd. Uh, but obviously, you know, they've got Jay Lethal here on the call. Uh, Jay Lethal, which is Will's pick. Uh, for 2013 Breakout Wrestler of the Year. And, uh, uh, don't remind me. Don't remind me. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it, it's it's documented, and you're not looking wrong, Will. So, um, but, oh, you, know, I, you know, I can't believe that Mark Briscoe drew that line in the sand, and Kevin Steen of all people was the the one to to cross the line. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> It, it, um, it's like his entrance. It's like his entrance song says, "Tom, you know that difference helps him cross that line." Wow! See, see now, Eric and Brendan, you understand why Will is an Oakland-nominated podcast host, and I am not. So. This is why I can't show my face. I blame the internet. <laughs> I blame the internet and the video quality, but it's it's really just me. Um, I can't bear to have Tom look at me in the eye when I say this shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Lethal's on the call. Um, you know, he's you know, he's like, man, I, I guess there's eight men in this match, but I'm only focused on one. I didn't get that right away. I thought that was a little oh duh. Um, and then he does talk how Lethal's mom came and watched because of Carino on commentary. Uh, obviously, Will we've discussed how sometimes Carino does get a little distracting. Um, actually, Eric and Brendan, real quick, listen, what are your thoughts on Carino? Some, do you, I know how um, you have any memories, but sometimes his commentary is a little over the top and distracting. Um, I didn't really notice that till Will said something, and now I can't unsee it or hear it. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts on that? I know yeah, I uh, watch. Uh, Brendan, if you want to go first. 
Who was that? Carino, you said? Carino. Or... Yeah. Carino. Yeah. I loved everything that man ever did. So <laughs> I was at, ever since like ECW, I was a huge Carino fan. So I loved him on commentary. I bought like every shoot interview he ever did. So in my eyes, that guy could just do nothing wrong. He is also a former Bruce City Wrestling uh, World Champion, which I did is not he really? Know. Yeah, I did not know that. Actually, right around this time too, I guess 2012. So, um, he is one of the. I mean, yeah, he's definitely on my list of people I like to meet sooner than later too. So, and, and not to say that the commentary is bad, but it's like Carino's personality and that charisma level is so high that you're paying more attention to like what he's saying rather than whatever. Is happening in the ring, which I mean, it's probably a Jay Lethal match, so you're not missing a whole lot. But <laughs> fair, he fair is enough. an entertaining guy, so he's it's pretty easy for him to uh take over the next segment. Like, we've I've talked about with Tom when I when I first started watching Ring of Honor, uh, the commentary team was Nigel and Steve Carino, so it's like I, you know, Steve Carino, that, that's how I knew Steve Carino, I didn't realize he was like. A wrestler before then, because I I didn't I only knew the ECW video game. ECW was already kind of like long gone by the time I was getting into wrestling. So yeah, for for uh, me for Carino, I I'm I found I found different matches. He was really like just a joy in other matches. It's kind of like, he's kind of like, um, I don't want to compare him to Truth Martini, but I kind of feel like you can tell when Truth Martini could care less about a match. And like, you get that sort of vibe with, with Carino with some matches too. Having said that Carino was one of the two commentators on my favorite match of all time in ring of honor which is until 2016 uh, when we get the pretty boy killers versus uh, war machine, um, which was just, just watching him call that Haas fight was just like, Oh my God, this is, this is perfect. Like when you get these big monsters who, who friggin' hate each other, you need a commentator who is right there with them, with that energy matching them with that. And he is all about that Haas fight. So it's, I, I really appreciated him for that. Fun fact, he was actually one of the original Ring of Honor commentaries commentators on the first uh on the first shows yes. until he uh eventually moved into the ring. So yeah, I've been back in the commentary because yeah, because I think at this time he's doing technically doing DVDs also, but uh um uh back to the match, nothing really to say. I mean, this match is what you thought it would be. Um at one point, uh Jay Lethal says, um you know, because um, like Will brought up uh, last week, um, Jay Lethal or uh, Jay Briscoe and Kevin Steen did spend quite a bit of time in this match um, without foreshadowing too much. I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, I'm just going to leave there. I'm going to plant that little seed. I'm sure everyone on this call knows exactly what I'm talking about, but any high fivers, just uh, just bear with us. Um, but yeah, and then Lethal says, you know, I wish I was Jay right now and because uh, he's beating up Steen and uh, that popped me, but I'm not gonna lie, it was just sad at the same time. I'm like, God damn it, Jay. Um, you know, I, I get it. So, and uh, this is our weekly um, whiny little bitch. 
but Mark Briscoe, I don't know if uh, you guys are all aware of this fact, is a goddamn national treasure. That's all I got to say. Um, and Jay, he will, was... uh, Tom, he'll be on Rampage. They advertised him tonight. No shit. That uh, he's going to be on Rampage speaking. Oh, speaking, speaking. Yeah, he's gonna. Uh, he has something to say. So yeah, so I've I've got his uh, I've got his eulogy cooked uh, queued up right here. So, um, and obviously Jay, we miss him. We always will. And uh, make sure you go to that back catalog. Uh, will and I did a really great episode. Not to suck my own dick or anything, uh, but will thank you again for Impressive. that. <laughs> you know, thank you for getting me through that. Um, I don't know if you guys listen to that or not, but uh, yeah. So. My my uh, favorite part of this uh, eight man tag is um, Mark, uh, Jay makes the hot tag to Mark. Mark jumps in and does uh, redneck kung fu, and he's taking everybody out. And then Brino just like walks up behind him, and he just taps him on the shoulder and is like, "Hey man!" <laughs> like he's literally beating the crap out of Carino with like his chops and like against the rope. And, and um, just to do an impression, uh, Brino literally walks up to him like. And then yeah. he's like, <laughs> and he's like, oh, hey, how's it going? And Rhino just beats the shit out of him. It's wow. pretty ridiculous. Yeah. And they are they are playing up the whole angle that Steen hasn't been the same since Doomsday, um, even though he looked the same when he was in the house shows. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, but, yeah, a lot of good action. Um, you know, it's it's mostly about Jay Lethal in here. But uh, they do hit the double sweep. Um Everyone calls it the double elimination. Uh, Brunnen, I'm sure. I don't mean to assume anything, but I'm assuming you were an eliminator's mark back in the old ECW huge, days. Huge, huge eliminator's mark. Absolutely love them. Um, Total elimination was my that was my move. Yeah, I think I had a uh, best of eliminators uh, VHS to show my age. Oh, that I uh, bought. It was badass. Eric, I'm assuming you're familiar with ECW and everything, and like the eliminators. Oh, um, I was going to make a joke because uh, um, Matt from from Shining Wizards hates this, but I was going to say the only ECW I'm familiar with is WWE uh. ECW. <laughs> but no, 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 no. I've, I, I loved uh, original ECW, too. Um, they used to show it on uh, Spike before before it was known as Spike TV. I think it was like TN. The Nashville TN. Network. Yeah, it was TNN. Yeah, t- yep, TNN. Yeah, TNN. So they used to. I used to watch that as uh, like late nineties, uh, near the end. I, I I was. I never got the channel when it was when like Sabu and Terry Funk were tearing it up in the early nineties. So I caught the very end when like um, Mikey Whipwreck and uh, Tajiri were uh, were led by James Mitchell against like the FBI and uh, Roadkill and Danny Doring were my guys and. Uh, Stuff like that, but I I, I love the original ECW uh, Eliminators. I love that move too. I'm also um, we were talking about death matches earlier, and immediately I was like New Jack and and Mustafa, uh, whatever um, the gangsters, the gangsters. I was like those guys were the epitome of death matches, but then I didn't want to date myself, no. so I was yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was standing next to New Jack when he jumped off the balcony at the Eagles, uh, the Eagles ballroom in Milwaukee and broke his leg. That was pretty cool. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's I mean, crazy. Yeah, New Jack's really the first guy I ever saw with that goddamn staple gun. So, um, 
Yeah, end of the match here. Um, but man, we should do a deep dive on the fucking eliminator someday. So goddamn, yeah, good. So, um, but yeah, end of the match. Uh, Cedric hits a sweet uh, DDT on Steam, but he hesitates. Steam kicks out. Uh, but in the end, uh, Scum isolates Cedric. Uh, but Rhino is gonna gore Cedric. But Kevin Steen just says fuck that and uh, comes in, pack a package, pile drives him, uh, and walks off. And uh, I don't know if there's animosity in Scum or if. Kevin Steen's just giving no fucks, but uh, yeah, that was the end. So, another legendary episode of TV. Um, you know, like we always ask at this time, uh, Will, I will start with you, as you are the Oakland nominated podcast, or, uh, but if this is your first episode of Ring of Honor TV, Will, how captivated would you be? I mean, I, I would have been pretty content with this episode. I mean, there was a lot of extra stuff. I don't know how much I would have loved Truth Martino on commentary, but I think the the women's match in the main event would have been more than enough to keep me interested. Into I probably would have been disappointed realizing the women aren't featured like all the time because mm-hmm. we get a women's match once every three months, like every every couple months, yeah. Um, so, I mean, it wasn't bad. It, the, it didn't necessarily feel like an hour to, to go back and watch it, but, um, you know, stuff will definitely pick up, you know, now that we've got our, our top prospect term, we're going to start getting into the, the more meat and potatoes now that kind of like the, the filler guys are all out. Sorry, Antonio Thomas, but yeah, oh man, Mike sailed up site, site got eliminated. He had to go back to Paradise City. I'm so disappointed. That was sarcasm. I don't know if that came across. Well, like, it, it was kind of cool to see, like, I know you didn't love the Kyle O'Reilly scarf gimmick, but it is reminiscent of later on when they do a segment called the Fish Bowl, where, where, where they bring people on, like, E.T. E. style and just, like, make fun of them. Okay, you, you might be selling me on this. I uh, I, I look. Forward you just got to give it some time. Okay, that's great. <laughs> the fish, but it, it does feel very out of the blue from what they were just doing to this without yeah. kind of any other context. And like I said, I I probably wouldn't have thought it was odd if I didn't have the knowledge that down the road this is what it's going to end up being. Okay. Um, and listen, and I Kyle O'Reilly, I mean. Kyle O'Reilly Kushida was probably the first independent wrestling match I saw when I came back to wrestling. Um, I was like, what the fuck is this? Uh, so obviously I'm a Kyle O'Reilly fan, but um, Eric, I know obviously you're familiar with Ringer of Honor in general, uh, but I know in, you're a dedicated listener and everything, but uh, would this TV episode um, have grabbed you as a Ring of Honor fan going forward? Um, if I'm honest, I think it would have been um, I'm sort of in this scenario with AEW right now where I'm just like, I take it week to week sort of thing. But yeah. like, if I don't like an episode, I'm like, eh, maybe I'll come back. Like if it's on next week, then I would have come back to it or maybe in a couple weeks. Like I thought this episode was uh, not very good. Um, but so in terms of this episode hooking me to continue, I would say not exactly 
Like I would have given it, it's one of those scenarios where you're like, yeah, this is okay, but I'll, I'll give it one more episode. And then if it's shit next yeah. week, I'm out sort of thing. Yeah. And then uh, Brian, and, I know. Yeah, good, thing, oh, good thing Eric was in here last February. Oh God. <laughs> I think February, that was rough. <laughs> Oof. Um, but yeah, Brendan, I know you didn't necessarily watch this, um, but with our review, um, our stellar analysis and whatever the fuck you want to call it, would this so? Would did we sell you on Ring of Honor TV going forward? You know, being uh, if it was my first episode and being a ECW mark the way I was, just knowing that uh, Karina, seeing Carino and Rhino and those guys, that would have at least hooked me back for another episode just to. You know, see those guys, but uh, yeah, yeah, and Jimmy Jacobs. I mean, I am a humongous yes. Jimmy Jacobs fan. That guy is. Um, if anybody needs to write a fucking book, it's Jimmy Jacobs. Yes. Um, and I'm so glad that he's the head, one of the head writers over at Impact right now, and you can definitely tell. Um, so I'm throwing out the universe. Trent, hook me up. I want to talk to Jimmy Jacobs. Um, yeah. So me, I'm a um, kind of between Eric and Will. Um, I definitely probably would have been a, a look and see. It's definitely wasn't fighting February, but a little, a little not as quite as good as last week. Um, but if I had seen maybe three, four minutes of ACH and Taven, that would have really changed things for me. Um, you know, and it's tough to be non-biased because I know what those two will become, but um, I'd say middle of the road. So, um, but yeah, that was uh, Ring of Honor TV episode 73. So... Uh, any final thoughts here, gentlemen, before we pull a train station? Because I know it's almost midnight by you guys. No, I, as always, I think I thank you, Tom, for for steering the ship. Thanks to Visionary Global Media for hosting. Yeah. You know, thank you to Brendan. You know, thank you for the questions every week, Eric. Thank you for listening. And uh, shank the, thank the Shining Wizards for bringing us all together. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's crazy to think. But, uh, Eric, you got any final thoughts? Um, in terms of the episode, I think uh, I would have switched the eight-man to be the, the opener and then had ACH Matt Taven close. Like, I think that would have maybe, and then given them more time, I think that would have maybe hooked me for another week or a couple weeks. Because I think I think just the fact that they they literally got out of first gear and then they went to the finish kind of soured me for the rest of the episode. So I think if they were the main event, maybe I'd be a little more, um, like, I'll watch uh, more religiously. But Yeah. But, and then uh, tackle Will's uh, statements. Um Tom, thank you for being a great captain. Uh, Will, always a pleasure, man. Uh, listening to you both talk week in, week out, and connecting on the Discord is great. Brendan, I love Seven Dust, and uh, <laughs> only he'll get that <laughs> reference. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, it's it's nice to finally be able to chat with you um, as opposed to just texting and. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's great. It's great. Uh, 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 the pleasures are always um, mine when uh, we we get to connect. So that's great. So, and Brendan, any final thoughts? As our uh, pretty much the third the third member of the podcast. 
officially um, making your on-air appearance finally. Yeah, thank you guys for uh, having me on, and you know this is a blast. And you know I'll have to think of more uh, intricate. I can't even say inter. Intricate. Interesting. Intricate. Let's go with interesting uh, questions to uh, do this again sometime. But uh, yeah. I appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, well, at the very blast. least, you're. At the very least, you're going to be on in April when I'm away. And I already told Tom, oh, like, I want to come yes. up with some with something stupid. It's probably not even going to be wrestling related. But I'm going to text him like five minutes before we start recording. <laughs> <laughs> so, but oh darn it, Will, we started early. My bad. So, um, <laughs> for once, yeah, <laughs> right, for one time. So, um, but yeah, no, thank you guys. Obviously, Will, thank you for the book. Um, you know, Eric and Brendan, obviously, thank you for all your support and for coming on. Uh, Will, thanks for, for bearing with me all those times. Uh, Chad Diesel, thanks for having us uh, on your on your thing. Uh, Wizards, you guys can go. Um, thank you guys, but that's all I really got before I get all too mushy and everything. So, um, but yeah, high fiver, stay tuned. This will not be the last time uh, the four of us are together. We will be together again in the near future. Uh, I'm just going to leave that little nugget, but uh, high fivers. Uh, Eric, thank you, Brendan. Thank you, Will. Thank you, Eric. And we'll talk to everybody later.